Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. This is a promise of God about the blessing from heaven. But it's a covenant and it's a conditional. Yes, when we relate to God, we need to do our part. The first step in doing our part is to believe in Jesus, to put him as our Lord and Savior in our life, to repent of our sin and to follow him, love him. But after we become his children, next step is to treat him as our Lord, as our master, and as our daddy. Whatever he say, we should obey him. He said that if you obey my commandments, you shall be blessed everywhere in your business. Bless your family, your children. Bless you in any area of your life. He will shower, he will pour his blessing upon you. And what is the command of God here? If you look throughout the Bible, you can see here that the whole Bible can conclude into two commandments. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with your strength. And second, love your neighbors as yourself. So if we can practice these two principles, love God with all our heart, and love our neighbor as ourselves, then he will really bless us. I want to tell you that these scriptures are so real to me. So real to me. All these years, Pastor Dan and I really love God. We do anything God tells us to do. We obey Him. How do you show love to God? Obey Him. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey me. So when He told us to start the church in Seattle in 1987, in 88 we start, but he told me in 1987. So he told me in 1987 to start the church. I obeyed him right away. So by January of 1988, we started the church. And after that, we can see the blessing of God come upon us. And after that, he teaches more and more this and that. We learn little by little. We don't know everything in the Bible. We are human. God's Principle and God's liberation are so huge that we cannot understand everything. But as years has gone by, we learn more. And when we learn more, we obey more. We keep learning, studying, receiving more knowledge. And every time we learn something new, we say, okay, I do it. I obey you. So when we live a life of obedience like that, God bless us. I can see that God really make us the head, not the tail. So many years that God really put me to be the top doctor in Seattle area. He really gave me reputations. He blessed me with good patience. He blessed me financially. Everything. He blessed my children and my grandchildren. He really guided my hands in surgery. God really blessed, and this happened to everyone in New Hope International Church. Whoever obey God, who love God, God blessed them, every family. Some people came into the church without job and get into debt. After a few years, they got a good job, the, the debt pay off, and they begin to rise up. God really blessed them because they serve God and they obey the Lord. So many people came in with sickness and God healed them. And God bless them. But we need to do our part, that is to obey the Lord. Actually, if you study the Bible carefully, you can see that faith 
true faith comes with obedience. Faith without obedience is not true faith. If you really believe in God, and He is your master, He is your creator, He is your king, He is the king of all kings, He is your Lord, you should obey Him, what He says. And we know that He gives us principle in life, principles such as, oh, you honor your husband, you love your wife, you set good example to other people, you are serving people, you're not taking advantage of people. He gives us principle in life, so we put those principles into practice and we can see that God fulfills His promise. He fulfills His covenant with us. So I would like to encourage all of you to really study the Bible, read the Bible, listen to the teachings, and see what God teaches us what to do. He tells us what to do. We just obey Him. Amen? And God really takes care of us. And this happened since we became a new believer in 1981 to today. We still obey God. We do what God says. And we can see the blessing of God come upon our life all the time. Everything we touch, successful. The protection of God is on us. So we need to obey the Lord. Let us become obedient children of God. Another promise in the Bible is in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, every time you do something, you ask yourself, what I'm doing is right in His eyes or not? Is it right? I, I believe you know whether it's right or not. And listen to the voice of the Lord your God. How can God speak to you? Number one, through the Holy Spirit. When you are born again Christian, you have the Holy Spirit inside you. He will speak to you. And you listen to His voice carefully. He will tell you what to do. If you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, if you obey His commands, what is the command? Two commands, the main one. And love your neighbor as yourself. The walk of love and the walk of faith. We love God and we love other people. If you keep all this command, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. If you are an obedient Christian, you will live healthier than other people. You know, as a doctor, I've seen so many patients. Some people have the list of medication about two pages. Some of them get sick, get surgery all the time. And their life so full of sicknesses. And compared to believers in our church, they're healthy. I rarely see any members in our church get surgery. If they get sick, they get healed so quickly. God healed them. God blessed them. God take care of their health. The promise of God is not just about the area of the natural and financial blessing. But He takes care of our health as well. He will heal us quickly. He will protect us. Pastor Da get healed by God so many times. God show His mercy to Pastor Da because Pastor Da is a very obedient child of God. Anytime she began to have some symptom, boom, we pray, God took it out of her body. It's amazing. So it's so wonderful. God is our healer. God is our doctor. So we can believe God that if we follow God, obey God, we can live a long life. We can live a healthy life until the end of our appointed day on earth. We all have appointed day to live this world. But we're going to live a healthy life to the end. But we need to obey the Lord. Amen. What choice you should make? Obey the Lord. Obey the commandments of the Lord. And God is going to bless you. And God will help you. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, actually the Bible has a lot of promises again and again. I just want to read again. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 11 to 15. Therefore you shall keep the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which I command you today to observe them, 
then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant. Everyone say covenant. We do our part, he will do his part. The covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. Our father is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So how many people want God to show mercy to you? Do we need the mercy of God? Oh, I need the mercy of God. Big time. I'm not perfect. And we are living in the world full of problems of sickness and pandemic, COVID-19, full of full of bad people around who want to cheat us, who want to take advantage of us. We need the mercy of God, which He swore to your fathers, and He will love you and bless you and multiply you. I like that. I want God to love me more than normal, than supernatural love. And He will bless me and multiply me. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land. The, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or female barren among you and among your livestock. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. God said that he will protect us from sickness and disease. He will also bless us, bless our offspring, bless the work of our hand. He will heal our sickness. Is it wonderful? You know, sometimes people blame God. People blame God that, why this happened to me? Why this bad thing happened to me? Why this terrible thing happened? Actually, all of us reap what we sow. Whatever we sow, we reap. When you sow apple seed on the ground, you're going to reap apples from that tree. Is that right? So, in fact, you cannot blame God. You reap what you sow. Whatever you do, it will determine your future because that is how God works. Your decision, your choices, and your actions will determine your future. I want to do the right thing. In fact, God spoke to me many times. Son, don't cheat. Don't take advantage of anybody. Don't do illegal things in anywhere. Don't be illegal. Don't be unlawful. Just follow the law. Do the right thing. And don't cheat your patient. Sometimes, you know, patients come to me with some pain in the back. And when you look at the MRI, wow, I can operate on this man. I may get a couple thousand dollars from this surgery. But when I examine my patient, I know that the problem did not come from his back. But it came from, we call sacroiliac joint area here, SI joint. There is a joint here between sacrum and iliac bone. And I know that the pain comes from there, not from the spine. If I just lie, oh, you need surgery. I mean, even if she take it to the court, the x-ray show that she needs surgery anyway. I, the x-ray looks abnormal. But I know the pain doesn't come from that x-ray. It comes from the SI joint. I tell the patient, I will not operate on you. You need to go to another surgeon who fixed the SI joint, not me. I'm not going to make money out of you. I can lie to her or to him, but who knows that I lie? God. And I'm going to pay the price if I lie or if I cheat my patient. So I make a decision that I cannot obey the Lord. I will love my neighbors. I need to show love to my patients by not taking advantage of my patient to get money out of him or her. I'm going to do the right thing because I want to walk in love. Because I, I love God, I don't want to offend God. I don't want God to be mad at me that I cheat and lie to my patients. Is that right? I want to be honest. 
all the motivation in our life to do the right thing, the main motivation is love. Because I love God, I don't want to make God be unhappy with me by sinning against people. So I will do everything that is right in His eyes. And because I love people, I will not take advantage of people. I will not use people as my instrument for my own benefit. No, 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 no. I'm here to bless. I'm here to help people. If you can live like that, God say, I will bless you. I will take care of you. So it starts from the heart here. The heart of loving God. And the heart of loving people. This is why the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, I believe, say that guard your heart with all your diligence because your heart is the wellspring of life. How you live your life come from your heart. Come from your heart. If your heart is right, your lifestyle, your words, your actions are going to be right. And this is how God works. This is why I like Christianity because it's about the heart. It's not about religious ceremony or religious law. When I was not a Christian, I followed another religion. It's all about the law. Don't kill, don't cheat, but I still cheat anyway because my heart was not right. And after I accept Jesus Christ into my heart and I say, God, I want to love you and please you, my heart starts to change because it starts from here. Love is the issue of the heart. Because I love God, my action and my lifestyle change into pleasing God and blessing other people. It's not the religious law. Actually, Christianity is not about following laws. Thank God for the laws. Actually, okay, listen carefully. God gives us law in the Bible so that we know what is right and what is wrong. That's it. But we are not living by the law. We are living by the heart. The heart that yields to the Holy Spirit and the heart that is full of love and faith. And when we have the right heart, heart full of love and faith, the rest will come. The way we live, our lifestyle, our ways of talking, our way of dealing with people come from the heart of love and faith. Love and faith is so important. Is that right? i give you an example. I'm not seeking your honor to me. You don't need to honor me as fine with me. You know why? You don't need to give me anything. Because I have faith that God is my resource. He is my source. So I don't depend on human. God is my source. So even though you don't do anything good to me, it's fine. Because I don't depend on you. I depend on God. Faith. But at the same time, because I have love, I want to do good to you without expectation of anything back from you. Because I have faith, God is my source. Wow, what a life. This is the key of Christianity. Live a life of faith. You have faith that He will take care of us. He will give us all the good gifts from heaven and we walk in love. This is the way we walk the Christian life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God is a righteous God. But seek first. What does it mean first? Huh? Foremost. Top. Come before something else. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. All the things that you need shall be added to you. I go to church every Sunday not because I have to. Not because I'm commanded to do. I go to church because I seek the kingdom of God first. I go to church because I love God. I love my brother and sister. I want to meet them. I come to Colorado not because I have to. I don't have to. You cannot force me. You don't even pay me to come. I pay my own ticket. You don't pay for my ticket. I pay my own ticket. 
But I come here because I seek the kingdom. God is behind my motive. My motive, I seek the kingdom of God first. And because I love God, and because I love your guy, I want to see you become strong. I want to see you be blessed. I want you to be used by God. I want you to grow spiritually, not to be baby Christians forever. That's why we come here to encourage you, to show love to you. Seek the kingdom of God first. I remember that when I start to become a Christian, I can open the medical clinic on Sunday when I was in Thailand. Wow, Sunday can make a lot of money because uh, people did not work on Sunday, so they come to see doctor on Sunday. But I told my partners of the clinic, say, no, 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 we close on Sunday. I'm going to go to church. I need to seek the kingdom of God first before money, before my profession. God comes first in my life. And God said that when we seek God first, he will take care of our life. All the things that we need shall come to us. So it's our choice again. Our choice today determines our future. I'm so glad that because Pastor Da and I have sought God first in our life, now our children believe in God because our children believe in God, they serve God, and God led them to marry good people. And now God bless the family. God bless my son-in-law and my daughter. And both of them, we have two daughters. God bless both of them so much. I mean, just amazing how God bless them and how God take care of them. Because we sought the kingdom of God first all these years. And God really take care of us and down to the next generation and to our grandchildren as well. We never outgive God. Really, we never outgive God. God is much richer than us. God is much powerful than us. So when we seek the kingdom of God first, He will take care of our life. And this is the experience of many Christians all over the world. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 to 9, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven. This is from God. God said, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. And I will shake all the nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill the temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, say the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, say the Lord of hosts. And in this place, in the temple, I will give peace, say the Lord of hosts. God told the children of Israel in that generation to, instead of taking care of their own business first, build their own house first. God said, you build my house first. His house or his temple was ruined in that generation, in the time of Haggai. And God said, if you build my house, I will shake the heavens and the earth and shall pour the blessing upon people in that temple. So this is the promise of God, and I have done that. I and Pastor Da, all these years, we put God first in our life, and we spend time, money, energy, and strength, gasoline, carpet cleaning, everything. We use everything that we have to build the church, to build the temple of God, the house of God. And we can see that God really takes care of our life. It's so clear. When I first moved to Seattle, we start right away to really evangelize and help Thai students to come to know Jesus Christ. And when we first came into University of Washington, I did not have a salary. My paycheck was zero dollar. First six months. But we never stopped going to church. We never stopped seeking God first. After six months, something happened in the Department of Neurosurgery. And my boss had to move me to the veteran hospital. I was promoted within six months to go to another hospital. And he began to pray me salary. Praise God. 
After six months, I got the salary. So by the end of the second six months, we still serve God. We still go to church. We still seek the kingdom of God first. And we never complain. We just love God. And my boss said to me, your contract is over in six months. By June of this year, your contract is over. We don't have any position for foreign doctor anymore because we hire only American doctors. So he handed me the new contract, zero salary again, if you want to stay. Because he need to treat American doctor better than me. It's normal, I understand. I'm not American at that time, I was having green card. And he handed me, and I showed Pastor Da, this is a new contract, zero salary again. Pastor Da said, don't worry, we love God, we seek the kingdom of God first, we obey God, He's going to bless us, He's going to take care of us. So we believe God will take care of us because we seek the kingdom. We build his church. We never give up on following God. What happened? Three days before the new contract started, a man who's going to move from Japan to be in the position of the chief doctor quarreled with my boss on the phone because that guy thought that my boss really need to depend on him. This is a guy that's going to come and be the top of all the students. My boss really needed him, but he did not know that my boss has me under the table, somewhere behind, <laughs> hiding be and No one knows that I am in the background. So after they quarrel, and the guy say, if you don't follow what I want, I will not come back. The boss say, fine. So he lost his job. And you know what happened next? My boss turned to me. Dr. Lau, you get that position. So from zero salary, working a little bit in the veteran hospital with little salary, and before the new contract starts with zero salary, I got a new position with the salary of the chief. And I become the boss of every American doctor in that department under my boss. So I got it, and then he offered me the full-time jobs. He said, now, from now on, you're going to stay with us until you finish your training. Amen. And my boss loved me so much. The favor of God is on me, and the favor of God come from also from my boss. We can see here that when we seek the kingdom of God first, God will take care of our life. Amen? Amen. God will not let us become hungry or poor, God will take care of us. It's so wonderful that we seek the kingdom of God first. And I believe that many of you experience the same thing. When you seek the kingdom of God first, He will take care of you. Amen? Build the church. Thank God that He does not only take care of our life, but He promised to take care of our children and our next generation as well. Some of you have children. How many people have children? You want God to take care of your children? You want your children to be blessed? Okay. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. God said that he will lavish his love on people who love him. Is it important to love God? Is it important to obey God? Yes. He will lavish his unfailing love on you and also shall keep his covenant with your next and next and next thousand generations. Before I died and leave this world, one thing that I want to see is that God really blessed my children to the next generation and next generation. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 39 to 40. Today, recognize and keep in mind that the Lord is God in heaven and above and on the earth below. There is no other Keep his statute and commands which I am giving you today, so that you and your children after you 
may prosper and so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Love the Lord, keep His commandment, and He will keep us. We will not die too soon. We will live a long life, and He will take care of our next generation. When I say this, it's not just a theory. It's not just idea. This truth has been going on in the world for thousands of years. Happened to a lot of people around the world. That God bless those who love Him and obey Him and bless their next and next generation. If you trace back a lot of family that the children are blessed, usually their parents love God. Their parents seek God. So we need to seek God and we need to obey the Lord. Amen? Amen. So your decision determines your future. Your decision determines the future of your children. What decision you want to make? Love God. Obey God. Seek the kingdom of God first. Build His church. Build His kingdom. Serve Him. Live your life for Him. If you do that, God will bless you. Amen? It's a covenant. We make a deal with Him. But we live on earth only for a short period compared to eternity. Our life on earth is so relatively short compared to eternity. Even though you live 100 years on earth, it's too short. Do you notice that we just met each other last September in Colorado? <laughs> After a few blinking of your eyes, we came September. Huh? Last year. We came here last, the end of September, I, I recall. The end of September. After a few blinkings of the eyes, oh, October year 2021. Why so fast? After I stopped counting my age now, <laughs> since I was 30 years old. But time runs so fast. Eventually we leave this world. <laughs> but we have another life to live. That life is eternal. After we leave this world, we're going to spend eternity in heaven with God. Because our sins are forgiven and Jesus has paid the price for us. But this is the truth. God is just and fair. God is just and fair. He will reward those who live correctly. It's not fair if you live selfishly, you live for yourself, you are sinning all the time, you are doing bad things all the time, but you still, be, you still call yourself a believer. And when you go to heaven, you're going to receive the same reward as those people who live right and live for Him. So the rewards in heaven is eternal. No one can steal from you. On this planet, earth, people can steal money from you. But in heaven, no one can steal reward from you. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 17 say, I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time appointed for every matter and purpose and for every work. I don't have time to go into detail. One day, Jesus will come back. To rule the world. We call in the Bible the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will come back. And on that day, every believer is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And he will not judge you to go to hell, but he will judge you how much reward you have. You will receive in heaven. Let me read scripture. You say, oh, Pastor Lau, you try to brainwash me. No, no, no. This is in the Bible. Let's go to Psalm 96, verse 13. Actually, this sermon can preach about five sermons, but I shorten it. Psalm 96, verse 13. For he is coming. Who is coming? The Lord Jesus. He's coming the second time. First time he came into the womb of a woman named Mary. He came into the world as a baby. 2,000 plus years ago. But the second time, he would not come as a baby. He would come as a king 
with archangels, with the trumpets in the air. He gonna come back as the king of all kings. He is coming for his coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Everything you do on the planet Earth, he make record in the books in heaven. You can lie to people, but you cannot lie to God. He knows everything you do. He keep record of every penny you use, how you spend your time, how you treat other people. He he knows everything about your life. He knows everything. Even my pastor who cheat money and take advantage of people, he knows. I will not get reward in heaven because I serve God for money. So I have to be careful. He will come and judge the believers and definitely judge non-believers. I'm not going to talk about non-believers here. I'm going to talk about believers here. Second Corinthians chapter five verse ten: For we must all, everyone say all. all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done. In the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad, how you live on earth will determine what you're gonna face in eternity. If you live a godly life, serving people, building the kingdom, obey God in heaven, you will receive a lot of rewards. Eternal rewards. That is the promise of God. Is it fair? Oh, definitely it's fair. In the company, they give people bonus. If you work hard, the boss gives you bonus at the end of the year. Why? It's a good incentive. Yeah, I need to work hard. I want to be good to my company. Then the boss gives the incentive, the bonus. The same thing, we live on this earth we give, we serve, we give our time, we try to do everything to bless people, to serve God, to serve people. When we get to heaven, He's going to reward us. It's fair. That is in the Bible. This is not my own idea, okay? This is in the Bible. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. On that day, when Jesus comes back, no one can help you. Your pastor cannot help you. You're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And he's going to reward you according to what you have done on this earth. So how you spend money, you spend time, you spend energy, Spend your life on earth will determine what will happen in heaven. Because God is fair. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you. I want to have a big mansion in heaven. <laughs> I asked God, I gave up in this life. I, I have given up the waterfront home. I don't buy waterfront home because I want to be able to serve God. I don't want to spend money on the home and pay a lot of taxes. I just rather keep money to bless people or to build a kingdom. I gave up snow-capped mountain view. I love to have ocean and uh, the, the lake and also snow-capped mountain view. But I gave all of them up. But I asked God when I get to heaven, can I have these things? Snow-capped mountain, nice lake. And I want my house to be next door to Pasada, my mansion. So I can meet her every day. I request God. You fly to see me? Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 27, For the Son of Man will come. The Son of Man means Jesus will come in the glory of his Father. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ. With his angels. Then he will reward each, each person according to his works. 
you salvation, you miss hell, and you go to heaven. Not by work, it's by faith. You believe in Jesus, and Jesus paid a price for you. He forgave your sin. You don't have to go to hell. He paid the punishment of sin for you. Your salvation, you miss hell by faith. But your rewards in heaven will be judged by your deeds, how you live on earth. That is fair. Is that right? If somebody has been goofy all the time, sinning, cheating, and all this, never serve God, never do anything for God, and he gets the same reward that I have, it's not fair. Because I live for God. I sacrifice my time. I sacrifice my money. So God is going to give the reward to people according to what they have done on earth. Is that right? That is fair. Look at last verse here, Romans chapter 2. Verses 6 to 9. Who will render to each one, God will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. So God said that God going to render, God going to give us the reward according to our deeds. But if we live a wicked life, we cheat, we lie, we corrupt, we destroy people's life, we going to face the judgment too. God is fair. This is an incentive for us to live the right way, right, righteously and in holiness. So all of this scripture that I read, in conclusion, we make a decision each day how we live. And our decision each day determine our future. Determine our own future. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 100 years from now, whatever, how long we live on this planet Earth. Two, it will determine the future of our children. How they're going to be. If we love God, we serve God, we faithful to God, our children will be blessed. And you can confess it. My children shall be blessed because I love God. Not only that, it will determine your eternal future. What kind of house you have in heaven? What kind of rewards you have in heaven? It's determined by how you live on this planet Earth. Every day, how you spend time, your attitude, your motive, how you spend your money, how you live on this planet Earth. Every day. This is the principle of God. Amen? Amen. How many people make a decision? I'm going to obey God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to live my life for God. We have the free will. We can choose every single day. Amen? In reality, I tell you the truth. It's not easy to do it. Because it's against our human nature. It's not easy to obey God. It's not easy to serve God and live unselfishly. Our human nature is selfishness. Me, 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 me. I'm the greatest. I know what to do. I'm so good. I'm so smart. I have a good job. I, me, me. That is human being. That's why it's so hard to preach the gospel in America. If you preach the gospel in the third world country people open more because they know they cannot depend on themselves. They need God so badly. But in America, people are so successful, have everything, the credit card, the social security, money, everything is so easy in America. People don't feel that they need God. But actually, people need God. It's so difficult to really obey God on our own strength. 
because we are human. This is the reason why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciple to go to the upper room, to wait in the upper room, and wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on them so that they can have the power to be able to obey God and to love God, to seek God. Our human nature is selfishness. Our human nature, I don't need God. But the Holy Spirit can help us to realize that I really need God. I cannot obey God by my own strength. I need the power of God. I need God to empower me and help me. This is the reason why I love to see the Holy Spirit fill you, touch you all the days of your life so that you can be biblical Christians. You can follow what the Bible says. Amen? I would like to read from this scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 3, 11 to 12. I baptize you. This is the word from the servant of God named John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the one who baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. He was used by God to proclaim the coming of Jesus, the Son of God, and call people to repent of their sin. This is before Jesus began to preach. And John said, I baptize you with water. This is what happened today, water baptism. For repentance. Water baptism is a sign of repentance. What does it mean? When you get into the water, you die to your old life. If you get into the water and you don't breathe oxygen for 7 to 10 minutes, die. Your brain dead because your brain cannot lack oxygen for more than 7 to 10 minutes. You're going to have brain death. So going to the water is a sign of death. You're dead to your old life, the life of sin, the life of selfishness, and you come back up to have a new life with Jesus Christ, a new life. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I. I mean John the Baptist. Someone come after me more powerful than I. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and not all and fire. His winnowing fork. You know, in the threshing floor you have a fork to pull the stuff out to get rid of the chaff and the staff. So his renewing fork is in his hand, in God's hand. And he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn, burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So Jesus said in the Bible that he will baptize us, which means to immerse us into the Holy Spirit and fire. This is for the believers, for Christians. This is the heart of God. He wants us to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized means immersion and fire, not all. And in the upper room, many years later, the disciples were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came on them and the fire of God came on them. Why God sent the Holy Spirit to us? Because we don't have enough power to obey God by ourselves. We are human. We need the power from God to be able to walk a Christian life, to be able to obey God. We need the power. What is the fire? The Holy Spirit is about power. We need the power. That's why when she prayed for her children, the children got healed, the power from God. God wants to give every one of us his power, not just me, everyone, his power. But what is the fire? The fire, when you think about the fire, you think about the word burning, is that right? You burn. How do you purify gold? You put gold in a container, you burn it until the impurities come up to the surface, and then you scoop out the impurity from the gold to make the pure gold. That's why he said, I will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. The fire is about 
cleaning, about purification, about getting rid of the junk from our life, the doubt, the bad attitudes, anything wrong in our life, God wants to burn them out of our life. We all have some junk in our life, some doubt, some bad attitudes, some bad habit, something in our life that God wants to burn them out from our life, and He burn it by His fire. This is the reason why He wants Christians to be filled with the Holy Spirit and also to be touched by the fire of God. This is in the Bible. It's not my own idea. It's in the Bible. Talk about purity, about power, about cleansing. I don't know about you. For me, I want to meet Jesus on the last day. And on that day, I want him to smile at me and say that you are my good and faithful servant. Let me read one scripture here. 1 Corinthians 3, 8 to 16. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. Somebody preached the gospel. Somebody show good, good to people to, by cooking, watering people, helping people to come to know Jesus. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. We talk about rewards when we get to see Jesus Christ on that day. When Jesus come back, we all have different level of reward, okay? We receive our own reward according to our own labor. Reward come by labor. How we serve God. How we spend time and energy and talents for God. For we are God's fellow workers. We all work for God. You are God's field and you are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one, listen carefully, take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to come to the point here. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. Each one's work, we're talking about works here, not salvation. We talk about rewards. Talk about how God going to bless us. How big our house is in heaven. How much reward we will have in heaven. Each one's work will become clear for the day, capital D. Is that right? The day. Capital D. What day is that? The day of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We'll declare it. Jesus will come back and declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire. Another fire here. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures. What's going to endure? Gold, silver, and precious stone. What will not endure is wood, hay, and straw. At the judgment seat of Christ, the file of God shall come and test your life and see that you serve God with what attitude, what motive, what kind of heart you have. If you are gold, your heart is like gold. Your heart is like a pure silver, pure gold and silver stones, you will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as so as true fire. Wow, this scripture talks about three kinds of fire here. Two kinds of fire. The fire at the judgment seat of Christ and the fire of hell. And if we have bad attitudes, we don't serve God with the right motive. We are like people who build on wood, hay, and straw. At the judgment seat of Christ, the fire will burn and we will enter heaven. We miss the fire hell. We don't need to go to hell because we are believers. But we go to heaven with bare hand. No rewards. Because our life is not really sincere to God. We don't surrender to God. We live selfishly. We don't care much about God. Our heart is so full of junk on the inside. But if our heart full of love, faith, 
loyalty, faithfulness, love God. We serve God without any hidden agenda. We serve God with a pure motive. We are like people who build with gold, silver, and precious stones. And one day, when we meet Jesus Christ, we will have a lot of rewards in heaven. Have you ever seen pastor who preach for money? Yes. Have you seen people who serve God for reputation? Yes. Have you seen people who use the name of Jesus for their own benefit? Yes, a lot. I've seen that a lot. All these people, even though they have a 10,000-member church, when they get to see Jesus, gone. They will not have rewards in heaven because one of the things they lack is a second fire, the fire of God that will burn the junk, the bad motive, the wrong attitude out of their life. Therefore, we need both the Holy Spirit and fire so that the Holy Spirit will give us power and the fire of God will burn now before the judgment seat of Christ, burn the junk out so that we will be like pure gold, silver, and precious stones. And on that day when we meet Jesus Christ, we will have a lot of rewards. You see my point here? I try to show you the scripture, why we need the fire in the church, why we need God to burn the junk out of us. In fact, one last thing I want to say. Jesus said that I will come back to meet the bride. He is the groom. And he will meet the bride that's wear the white linen, the white cloth, which is the righteous act of the saints. He wants his church to be righteous, pure, and holy. We don't want to play game with God. We don't want to live a sinful life. It is hard to live a righteous life without the help of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God to burn the human things out of our life. We need the fire. Since I come into the fire of God, I, my life is much better now. I don't have any bad attitude, bad agenda, any hatred and wrong motive and jealousy is all gone from my life because of the fire. So this is the reason why we want the fire of God to really come to the church. It's in the Bible. But unfortunately, most churches don't understand and don't practice. That's why we see a lot of mess in the church today. A lot of problems. Because they, they maybe just preach the word, they believe in the power, but they don't believe in holiness. To be gold, silver, and precious stone. We need a fire in the church so that we can be righteous and holy. Amen? Amen. Now you understand why we need a fire. How many people want to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? And he stand and he smile at you. And you come out with a lot of rewards. And you will not miss rewards in heaven. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.